Hey, hey, hey. Testing, testing, one, two. Hello, hello, hello. Check, check. Uh, hello. Yep. Yep. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, our world is cratering. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are back, as we are each and every unrelenting week, to bring you the latest and the greatest in Nets Nation news. This week we have a special guest, a draft guru, a man from one of the NBA's hottest podcasts, NBA Diehards, James. What's up, everybody? <laughs> See, I feel like I love that you guys call me an NBA guru. I'm flattered, honestly. Uh, I just consider myself to be a guy who likes the draft and occasionally gets some steals right. <laughs> you have. We spent all season yeah. in the in the block oh, hearing yeah. about which guys the net should have taken, which guys you were high on, which guys you were low on, and to us, it seemed like the authoritative source for all draft knowledge. Uh, yes, I do state things very confidently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's more accurate, yes. Sure. Um, well, we have brought you here today to discuss the Nets, but I think uh, the Nets draft specifically, as you're well And I imagine we, can, we have to touch on the rumors. Yeah. But listen. Oh, yeah. We can't. We, a, a, a Woj bomb dropped this week, and, yeah. and we've got to leave the episode with that. There's, there's no getting around it. One of our most beloved Nets is gone. Alan Crabb. R.I.P. It's a tragedy. It's it's a tragedy. Did you know that Simon, uh, for Halloween, once dressed up as Alan Crabb? Really? Yeah, the first year he was traded to what, to uh, the Nets. Huh? What did you do with the Oh, I just wore a crab hat <laughs> and a Nets shirt. I actually thought about uh, being Alan Crabb for Halloween because I felt like if I could, uh, I could like take my ears in a certain way. So that I could really look like him. But instead, <laughs> I bought an afro and I was Jared Allen instead. Oh, oh yeah. that's that's yeah, way that's, easier that's to pull good, off. Yeah. Did yeah, anyone recognize simple. you? Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, you hang out with more Nets fans than Simon and me. I mean, Jared Allen, Jared Allen, he's he's a face, you know. People recognize him. He has a very you you have look. you have um, put forth the argument that if he didn't have that look, he probably wouldn't be as highly regarded a player. Yes. Absolutely. Do you stand by that? Um, On extent, the record? To an extent, I do stand by that. <laughs> I think that his, his look is just so awesome that when he blocks people, you can't help but pay attention. Right. Like and if then... Was, if he had... Like, think about how weird he would look if he didn't have the afro. And then imagine him doing the things he did. And then, do you really think people would pay attention as much? No. He would also be about six foot eight if yeah. he if he got rid of the exactly. afro, <laughs> exactly. which would about his size a lot more. <laughs> a lot more. So Woj bomb drops. Brooklyn is clearing eighteen million in additional salary cap space for July, which gives the Nets forty six million in salary space to sign a max free agent and even retain RFA D'Angelo Russell. If they don't retain Russell, they could get what is it sixty sixty seven million. So, this is huge. This yeah. is massive. This is a, a seismic shift in our off-season thinking. sign we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Some more than others. Uh, a few quick questions to get the conversation going. Sure. Are we getting Kyrie? Who else are we getting? 
how bad could it go? Let me put a little scenario forth. What if we got Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving? Talk. I I think that that is one of the better scenarios we're looking at, g- given this situation. And I don't know that it's a good scenario, but I this sort of move totally obliterates the idea that we are, you know, still slow, steady growth and development and maybe get, like, you know, a couple more young pieces to sort of go on the, you know, this timeline of, like, mid-20-somethings. Um, so I would say if you're going to do that, like, you should be going for the most talented people. And, uh, you know, as of yesterday, Kevin Durant is out for probably a year or so, right? And returning in boogie form or whatever, you know. We don't know. Reduced form. Yeah, we don't know. That's true. But it's not the same. It's not the same Kevin Durant that we thought we were, you know, hoping for two days ago. So, um, after that, the two best free agents are Jimmy Butler and 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 uh, Kyrie Irving, I think. Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Sorry, but, but we're never really gonna get available. him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably my, I want to say fourth favorite offseason scenario. <laughs> uh, All right, one, one, one through one, three. <laughs> number one is still Kyrie and KD. Mm-hmm. Because I actually think that this injury makes him more likely to sign with Brooklyn. Because if Brooklyn goes and they say, hey, we'll still give you that four-year max, which is a risk worth taking, in my opinion. And you say, hey, the guy who's probably going to do your Achilles surgery and also did your foot surgery is also one of our team <laughs> doctors. And, uh, Maybe our greatest asset, Dr. O'Malley. <laughs> Dr. O'Malley. Dr. O'Malley. He's friends, Durant's friends with Karis LeVert. If Kyrie's coming, he does have another all-star to play with. He's also friends with uh, Torian Prince, who just came onto the team. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's weird, still, isn't it? It's, it's like how are they? How do they know each other? They're not like contemporaries. Guys just know each other. I don't know. All right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we're not contemporaries here. No. But anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are old. <laughs> I just think if you have the chance to get Kevin Durant, even if it's Kevin Durant on one foot, you get him. Mm-hmm. And if he misses a year, then fine. You know, the team has enough depth to handle that. In my opinion, you'd still be a playoff team. Um. I think that that's still the best case scenario. My second best case scenario. So just a quick question yeah. on that. So I, 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 I strongly disagree that we should go after KD, but we, we don't have to talk about that. What would the Nets record look like if we if our if the two guys we got were Kyrie and KD? So and injured KD doesn't and play injured next KD season. doesn't play next season. Presumably we will no longer have D'Angelo Russell at that point. Do you think we have a better record next season? With just the addition of Kyrie, and we probably then would lose guys like Ed Davis, Shabazz Napier. Well, we wouldn't lose Ed Davis per se. I think the thing is that we don't have enough cast space to sign both of those guys. Either Joe Harris or Spencer Dimmy would have to be moved. So that would definitely impact the team in a negative you, way. You know, I like what you're saying. Yeah, with, I know. With I the like, latter of those two. <laughs> I know. But um, I think you got to win at least the same amount, right? You replace your. If anything, you're upgrading from D'Angelo to Kyrie, and that to me has to be worth you know three wins. So maybe win 45 games, <laughs> right? And you maybe a hope confident six, not yeah. a not a eke it out six. Mm-hmm. I think you also maybe hope that uh, that Karis Levert plays more. Which also, also yeah. just just uh, and then I do want to get to your two and three. Uh, 
if if we think Karis Levert is is injury an injury risk, or let's I know you don't like me to say he's injury prone, he's but let's just say he has a history of repeat injuries. Yes. Um, you know who else has a history of repeat injuries? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Which is why I, I remember many Cavs teams with the greatest player on the planet who couldn't do shit in the finals because they lost Kyrie. I remember last year yeah. when he was on Boston and they went way further than they went this year mm-hmm. because Kyrie was out for the entire playoffs. Kyrie. That's an issue. So we 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 are taking on as our two best players who are playing next season are two injury <laughs> uh, inclined. Yeah, people definitely. who who and and a guy who is fully fully injured in Kevin Durant <laughs> in that scenario, which is why if I was doing it, I would keep doing it. Okay. Just just as insurance for starting, just so you have a starting quality point guy that you can plug and play. If you don't like him, the thing is you you can you know you can hate on him all you want, but he's still maybe the best backup point guard in the league. Probably the best backup point guard in the league. Quinn yeah. Cook. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair. Fred well. Van Vliet, dog! Look Fred, at the okay, fucking yeah, finals! Yeah. Fred, Fred Van Vliet is definitely up there, and so is Dennis Schroeder. No, Dennis Schroeder is not. But, yeah, you know what I mean. He's top three. Yeah. At least. Yeah, yeah definitely top, top ten, three. I would give you that. Oh, my God. I think, he's, I think in total, Dem- Dimity is a top 20, 25 point guard in the league. Just in general. Yeah. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I don't agree, but we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll yeah, go yeah. with that. So, our best player next season... Um, since Karis, Kyrie, and KD will all be <laughs> riding pine with various ailments. Because we know that the Nets' health team uh, is notorious for having more injuries than the other team. So we'll have those three guys out. We'll have Dinwiddie rocking it. Joe Harris. No, no, Joe no Harris. Demare. Oh, we've gotten rid of Joe yeah, Harris. No Joe Harris. Bye-bye, bye Joe Harris. No. So who's our shooter? Who's our shooter? Our shooter is going to come from the draft. That'll... We'll talk uh, about that later. Okay, yeah, 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 good yeah. tease. Good tease. I have multiple multiple targets at varying locations. So okay. who are, who are your two and three? Who are you? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so let's move two, it along. Okay. <laughs> so scenario two is actually something that I've been talking about a lot. I talked about it on my last NBA Diehards podcast extensively. It's something that Richard Jefferson has also been talking about on the jump, and that is your talk. A trade for Anthony Davis based on signing and trading D'Angelo Russell. So the Pelicans said that they wanted an all-star, a potential all-star, and two first-rounders. Well, the Nets are really uniquely qualified to give that to them. With D'Angelo Russell as the all-star, Jared Allen as the potential all-star, potential all-star, and then we can offer two future first-rounders. Jesus Christ. We already, <laughs> we're already down a lot of first-rounders, man. This has a, a, a huge Billy saying, King vibe to it. I'm just saying. Are you missing Billy King? Is that what you're going through withdrawals? No, Billy King, I'm, BK withdrawals? No, but I'm ready to, uh... You're you know, a king man, aren't you? A closet kinger. Shake the monkey off the back. Like, <laughs> let's move on. It's been, it was been six years. It's right. Time, it's time to move on. It's time I mean, to make it, some moves. It felt like it was time... To move into <laughs> owning our own first round draft pick, but that's yeah. gone. Overrated. <laughs> Karis Levert and Jared Allen are would have been taken in the top ten in the redra- if they redrafted the uh, 2016 and 2017 drafts. I'm not that stressed about not having our own draft pick, especially if we're gonna have someone like Kyrie Irving or even Karis Levert himself. Whoa. 
Okay. So, sorry. Uh, okay, Anthony Davis, what's the, what's the next one? So, Anthony Davis, so you trade D'Angelo Russell, mm-hmm. Jared Allen. You know the AD just came out, the, okay. the AD news that just came out, right? Yeah, that he'll, he'll only sign with the Lakers or the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's that's that's. So you're, say, you're you're saying it, it's the um, the Paul George scenario. I'm saying there's no reason why he would sign with the Knicks but not with the Nets. Like realistically, and it, and if the thing is that if you're getting if you get Kyrie Irving, is he really going to go play with a 36 or 37 year old LeBron James instead of Kyrie Irving? Probably not, in my opinion. You know it's a risk. There's no doubt it's a risk. You'd have to get some assurances from his agent, and. Again, you're not you're not gonna do much better than Brooklyn for a market, and you're not gonna do better than a player in Davis. No, so I, I would. I mean, I would love. True. I would love. I would I, love Davis. I, but I do Davis. think I would push back a bit on the Knicks versus Nets as much as I, you know, think. You know, lo- love the Nets, obviously, but love the, the Knicks. The the Knicks, yeah, but the the Knicks have like actual fans. They have like media that cares about them. They have much more of a like. You know, if they walked around and they were like Knicks fans, they would be, or sorry, they would they were Knicks players. You get like a certain amount of cachet with that. Whereas, like, I do think that there's some some someone tweeted this and was you know roasted on Nets Twitter, but I do think there's some truth to this. That if let's say Kyrie and KD went to the Nets, like a huge storyline would be they didn't go to the Knicks. Like that, it, it's like we're just we are like a small. You know. That's okay, but you gotta realize is that New York is a city full of bandwagoners. <laughs> okay, there's just millions of people here who have <laughs> no allegiance to the Knicks right. whatsoever. Okay, so you especially think- anyone under what 25? Yeah, has seen like one good Knicks team right. that was led by Carmelo. Right, <laughs> and that that's it, fair. Argu- arguably good. Yeah. And, and yeah. Amari. That was a this, that was a good team, sort of. I, I feel Where did like they get? Second round of the playoffs? I don't think yeah. they... I, did they even get to the second round? They got to the second round. They lost to Indiana, okay. if I can remember correctly. Yeah, okay. Roy Herbert had that really good block on Melo <laughs> when he went to the dunk. Yeah. Totally epic back in the day when all you had to do to be a good center was stand with your arms straight up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's so simple. All right. Third. So third. Third is just, you know, that Kyrie D'Angelo pairing. I think Ah. (laughs) see people dislike it no (laughs) people dislike it but I think about it in two different ways Mm -hmm. so offensively they're going to be fine in my opinion they'll work totally fine all the issues are on the defensive end offensively both guys can shoot both guys have experience playing off ball Um, and both guys are you know dynamic ball handlers and we know that Sean Marks likes to have multiple point guards and ball handles in his life. Number two, I don't think... <laughs> you could see both of us locking up. <laughs> I don't think that the conversation is necessarily about the Kyrie Irving-D'Angelo Russell pairing because in that scenario, D'Angelo would be coming off the bench behind Karis LeVert. Okay? Hot take. Whoa. Hot take. Whoa. But I think that Karis would establish himself as the better player like he did in the playoffs and the better fit next to Kyrie Irving as a two-guard. So why would we want to hold on to D'Angelo in that situation? Yeah, why would we pay 20-something million to a bench player? Two reasons. So, one, marketability. The fans love him. 
Oh my god. But there aren't really and, that many fans. And we need point guards. Okay, you're gonna need a backup point guard. That's There's nothing wrong with having a three-headed monster. It would be upgrading from Spencer David to Kyrie Irving. Is basically what you would be doing. And then the second reason is that he is a 23-year-old all-star at one of the most important positions in the league. Again, with a lot of marketability. And that in and of itself has a lot of trade value for the future. So I don't... Yeah, so the last thing you said I agree with. I I think that there's definitely a possibility that like if we strike out on... Uh, Kevin Durant, if because who I who I I actually do agree with you. I think that the Nets will still offer him a max. I, I Bobby Marks, who is an idiot, I know, but he talked to three other executives who. So it's not coming from his own brain. He's he talked. He asked, "Would you still offer him the max?" And he said, "All of them said they would offer him the max." There's no doubt. At least two of the three said like they wouldn't opt. You know, even include any like injury language in like third or fourth year, and in, in terms of like games played that we need to, you would need to play sort of like a football contract. Um, so I do think that the Nets will still probably go for. I for think Kevin that Durant. that is completely ludicrous. Really? I mean, I think that it's a it's an immediate reaction. You're like, well, of course he's got, like as soon as it sets in the injury that he's had, his age. And the comparisons to everyone else who's come back from that injury, no one is going to want to max up that player. Hmm. I mean, Kobe Bryant came back. Uh, Chauncey Billups came back. Uh, yeah, I mean, you came you're, back. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're we're solid. I mean, you know, we're. Did Kobe win any championships after it? Uh, not to my knowledge, but so Kobe what are we w- doing? Like, do we just want to be a, we want to go from a team who's young and building because we had no other option to a team with an aging, lessened Durant, a <laughs> complete toxicity incarnate in Kyrie that's Irving. Why, that's why. And like, like, what are we? That's like, why. What, I'm and then, like, you. what does that win you a championship? Does that put you on the path to even get close to a top? Even four team in the East is this currently constructed. Yes. Yeah. Win. Win. Win because Boston would have dropped out, and so Boston's not a top four team anymore. Indiana isn't reliable. Yeah, because they're going to get D'Lo. Boston. No, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. I mean, Indiana. Maybe. Indiana or or Utah. Hmm. I think Utah is going to go for him. I don't think they have enough space, and I don't see him. If the Knicks offer no, Utah him a max, has weird space. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know how they do, but they have a lot of space. All I'm saying is that there's, there's so much that could happen. It's just so unpredictable. Do you the think the best part about this trade is that it's just opened up so many different opportunities? But I, so I, I actually hope that I really hope that the Nets have like something locked in because I actually, as much as like. Cap flexibility is nice. If if you were to tell me, would you trade two first round picks and nearly a decade of never having your first round pick for like the chance to sort of pivot? I would I would be mortified. So I hope that I hope to God that Sean Marks has something relatively lined up the same way that like the Cavs had something lined up with um, with. Uh, LeBron when they were when they were clearly But so many of these teams are acting like they have something lined up. The Clippers yeah. are acting like they have something lined up. The Knicks are acting like they have something lined up. I don't think I think they're all just 
It's all wishful thinking. Right. So, so why was that it's different for the Nets? Why is that different for the because Nets? Because it wasn't just two first-round picks because people are ignoring the Torian Prince card. I love Torian Prince. I think that he himself is worth a first-round pick. If you told me that we traded our 2021st lottery protected for Torian Prince, I wouldn't be mad. I I wouldn't uh, be mad. And if you told me that we traded our seventh, the 17th pick for to dump Alan Crabb and we got a second rounder, I wouldn't be mad either. And that's basically what we did. But uh, it is what we did. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but don't you? Th- so here's the thing about Torian Prince. One, I feel like he is the classic like. Uh, who was the guy who was thrown into the Kyrie trade for the the, the Cavaliers? Season? Boston? No, um, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. I feel like he is the ultimate. Like people are like, ooh, Jay Crowder got a three and D wing. Everyone no. needs a three and D no, wing. No, no, no. He is forty percent from three. He's he a, has, on he, a bad team. But he is yes, but he is not good at defense. I know that he's theoretically good at defense. His his it, I know he's on a bad team, but his defensive rating is 115. That no, no, no. is like seven points worse than D'Angelo Russell. His defense was really good though. Like he was guarding LeBron James in the playoffs. He came out of the he came out of the draft with a reputation as a defender. And hypothetically, again, he should be able to guard two positions effectively and, he's and the four and the one. Reasonably well. Yeah. Yeah. He's theoretically good at defense. I'm not willing to give him actually good at defense. And he's also not going. If he plays the four, which I'm sure he will in our system, he rebounds horribly. I don't think he's going to play the four. I think. I think that people were, again, they were glancing over the fact that we also had a gaping hole at three because the hole at four was so much more dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, we were playing Joe Harris or Alan Crabb as our starting three guys who are clearly two guards. Mm-hmm. Torian Prince is the first real three this team has had since Paul Pierce. Not yeah. counting DeMarty Carroll, but the first like real starting quality three guard. Uh-huh. I think that he I think they traded for him as a piece of the future. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. But he only so so to your point about the, the trade of that, I, I, I would agree if we were getting four cheap years of Torian Prince, but we're only getting one year. We're getting one year, but we're getting one year plus Restricted free agency control. I thought he had two years no. left. He's on Karis LeVert's year. Oh. So we had to extend both of them at the same time. But the thing is that I'm totally cool with paying Torian Prince $11 million a year. Totally cool with that, especially if you're already going to But if he's actually a good 3 and D player, he'll fetch more than that, don't you think? Maybe, maybe not. But you, again, your restrictive, restrictive free agency allows you to match no matter what he gets. Right, but we're going to have we're going to have an injured Durant, an injured shell of himself Durant, <laughs> and a fucking psychopath in so, Kyrie Irving. So you're absolutely going to want to retain your players. <laughs> Bill, I, so, Bill, I want to, uh, I, I feel <clears> like we, what's, what's, your, what's your take on this? Um, on the trade? Yeah, because I feel like we haven't heard much from you. <laughs> really? I, well, I guess I just have been Shit talking, what you guys are thinking. I mean, like, I'm I'm deeply, deeply distressed by the entire situation. Yeah, I think that I think that one, it means Delo's gone, and we probably aren't going to get a sign and trade for someone like Anthony Davis for it. So Never we're, we're letting we're letting a 23 year old all star at the most valuable position in the league walk. But that that's not, is a that's problem. That's not necessarily true because you can still sign Kyrie Irving and keep D'Angelo Russell. There's nothing you, keeping. There's nothing. D'Angelo Russell is also a restricted free agent. All right. Here's what's going to happen. On July, uh, I guess June 30th at 6 p.m. because they've moved it back six hours. D'Angelo Russell is going to get a close to, if not max, offer from. One of the four teams he's reported. You to. actually can't do that with restricted free agents. It's like a few days before you, you can to, actually yeah. offer them. But so I also want to add another thing. So what this what this trade actually did though is that if if some team had gone and done that for D'Angelo Russell, 
it would have taken up all of our cap space. What not because they would have he would have he, say they gave him twenty four million that would have been twenty four million of our cap space gone because he would suddenly be on hold for that contract on our cap. Mm -hmm. What the trade allows us to do is that we still have a max spot even if D'Angelo is signed and that space is taken up. So you can even you so you can wait. It actually gives you the opportunity to wait. That's what I mean by this gives you options. It gives you flexibility. I feel like well, like what about what about Kyrie and say Terry Rozier makes you think that like. The pairing of D'Lo and Kyrie is going to be because D'Angelo is a significantly better player than Terry Rozier, and significantly better as an off-ball player in my opinion. I think that they would work together, and I think they would bring the best out of each other. D'Lo's a really good shooter. I don't. Yeah, he's he, just he's, horrible around the rim. He shoots twenty percent worse than league average from zero to three feet. Yeah, but that's I feel insane. Like a lot of that was because of the way we played him. We played him with zero ball handlers. We played him with Joe Harris and Damari Carroll and Joe and uh, Alan Crabb and Rodion Skarooks and Jared Dudley. And maybe once in a while we play him with Spencer Dinwiddie. But they did terribly together. They did do terribly together, but they have no time to figure it out. I think if you give if you give two guys that are truly talented on the offensive end, they're gonna figure it out. I, 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 I worry about the defense. I don't worry about the offense. I totally disagree because I think that <laughs> D'Angelo totally. has D'Angelo has proven to me that he needs to be exactly what you're describing. He needs to be the guy with the ball. He has like the sixth or eleventh highest usage rate in the entire NBA. He needs it's the ball absurd, in yeah. his hands at all times. It's not out of necessity because they, they they would love to pair him more with Karis LeVert. They would love to pair him more with Spencer Dinwiddie. Those are three of the best players, if not the three best players, and they could not play the three together. But the issue is that they didn't have the opportunity to because Karis LeVert's injured. Uh, no, but they no they had but they had some time at least when they could have played those three. Those three plus minus was horrible. It was together. It was, but again, this is it's still a young roster. I'm confident that D'Angelo Russell, who's played shooting guard for the Lakers, who's played off ball for the Nets occasionally, who's played who played shooting guard in college, can transition to play with Kyrie Irving, who again won a championship playing off ball. Right. I think it, I think it's going to work. I think it will. I think it will prevent the worst ball handling tendencies from either player from rearing its ugly head. All <laughs> right. So that we can get to the draft at some point. What do you think? Like final thoughts, Kyrie Irving. You think after his last two team experiences, right? Leaves LeBron James in a huff because he wants to run his own team. Next season, gets injured. His team does spectacularly well. The following season, he's not injured. His team does spectacularly poorly, relative to expectations. What about the last three years of Kyrie Irving suggests that he is a good guy to bring in and build a young franchise around? Well, the way I see it is that we're still in asset accumulation mode. Hmm. And so no matter what, you're still getting Kyrie Irving the asset that can be traded in December of 2019. And if it doesn't work out, you're still getting a top 20 asset in the NBA for nothing. But and if you get the opportunity to do that, you do it but without, what, without hesitation. I think that's a good point. But what about, like, if, if things go south and if we end up wanting to trade Kyrie, don't you think that, would pr that his asset value 
would be decreased at that point because it would be a third team in which things had not gone right. It would, but there's Like, still... this is his peak yeah. value right I now. I get that. I get that. But the thing is that if you have Kyrie Irving on a deal for four years, there's going to be plenty of teams who are interested in acquiring that. I, I agree no with you. It's what, not no a, matter what. Yeah, it's not a John Wall situation. I, I, I agree with that. Right, unless he gets... Another even worse injury. Yeah, we, we he has knees. I mean, things. knees. We can't predict those things. I could predict the fact that Kevin Durant was going to tear his Achilles in that game yesterday. Yeah, that, no, that was that was predicted. There were, I, I mean, was... like in the in those in the Brian Windhurst podcast two days before, they're like he's icing his Achilles. It was it was an ill advised it was ill advised to play him. It was I, I was honestly kind of shocked that he even played. I didn't think he was going to play at all in the series. I thought it was totally premature. Totally premature. It's uh, it was totally reckless and irresponsible to even let him on the court. I know he probably demanded to get on the court, but like that guy should not have been allowed to play. I totally, totally agree. And but now, we're now that now, now that he'll never be the same as a player, I, I I guess we'll take him on our team. I'll still take him so that we can ride him into a to a, like a, a fifth seed maybe in in the East. It's better than this year. <laughs> improvement, improvement. I'll tell you, we, we wouldn't be last in attendance if Kevin Dur- if a hobble Kevin Durant was flipping <laughs> up and down the floor. It's just no. People are going to be paying to come watch Kevin Dur- Durant sit on the bench. I would. <laughs> we don't have to pay. We're on the block. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we have a maid. Speaking of the block. What's you up? Given tickets to the draft. I know. So maybe yeah. we should. Totally unheard of. Yeah, yeah. I know. And, totally. and purchased from the NBA. Right. Not not just free uh, arena space that we're taking up. We actually yeah. have to buy it. That's... It makes me feel really good. I know. Me too. It's incredible. I can't believe they actually did that. I, I feel valued. This is, uh, you've never been to a draft, right? I've never been to the draft. It's, it's great. It, you we've only, we only fans. went last year. It's... Are you going this year, both of you? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we should all get there at the same, because they're giving them out. Oh, in, absolutely. Like... I'm missing class for it. Yeah, no, I was just uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave work early. I should probably. Uh, I mean, I feel like we we should at least get a drink at Shorty's before. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, those prices at the Barclays Center, absolutely. Draft. Let's talk draft. Yeah, we have a guru in our midst. We might as well talk draft. Simon, you got you're prepared. I'm ready. I you think. have some hard hitting questions. You have some guys you want. Some guys you don't want. Just some guys I want. All right. I think. Not guys you don't want. No, there's no one I, I don't want, basically. Don't want. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I have guys that I've mocked really high that I think are, like, ball-dominant two guys that I want no business with. All right. <laughs> so we're going to start our draft talk, and um, I'm going to read, because I think it gets to something, Some one of the ways I'm thinking about the draft, which is probably not the way that Sean Marks is and maybe not the way you are, but it's the Ringer's Draft Guide um, Team Needs summary. So, I want you, you feel free to, to disagree, agree, whatever. So, it said, basically, our need, as everyone at this table is well aware, is a four. Um, we have not had a good four since, I mean, I can't remember the last time we had a real four. Um, so, there are three recommendations as a result of us not having a four were P.J. Washington, Cam Johnson, and this was before the um, before the 17th pick was traded, mm-hmm. and Rui Hachimura. So, so two of those guys are two of like my guys. Two yeah. of those guys, I am super high on as well. Cam Johnson is my favorite player in the draft class, outside of like the top. Top, I think top what? Top. What would he be on your big board? Outside of my top five, where would he be in my big board lottery? 
Right. No doubt. I don't understand no why doubt. he's not 45% from three, I know 81 why. from free throw. What? It's because he's 23 years old. Oh, yeah. That's 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 what happens, okay? Malcolm Brogdon slipped to the to the second round because he was 23 years old. There is Malcolm Brogdon was basically the best buck yeah. in the last couple games mm-hmm. of that series. There's value in drafting older players. Buddy Heald would have been the second pick in the 2016 draft if he wasn't 24. Right. Okay. There's 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 like there's a lot of value in guys who are older. And the fact that other teams are sleeping on them specifically because of their age. I think Cameron Johnson is like special. Like truly, truly special to the point where if you told me I could use Joe Harris and the 27th pick to trade up to get Cam Johnson, I would do it without hesitation. Do you without think whew, that, uh, so that is a hot take? One, I, I don't want to get off Cam Johnson, but would, do you think there's a chance that we trade up? I think that I, I actually think it's more likely that we trade up than we draft in our current slots. Hmm. Personally. Why? Why? Because, again, I think one of Dinwiddie, one of Joe Harris is going to get traded. And I feel like that in of itself, the best way to get value out of those guys is to move up using the 27th pick and package them. Because I think if you if you put Dinwiddie and the 27th pick together, you're probably getting into the lottery. If you put Joe Harris... Are you talking, like, with the Suns? I'm talking with the Suns. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can talk about that, too. I'm thinking, realistically, if, you, if you're thinking Joe Harris in the 27th pick, you can probably get back to 17 range. And then at 17 range, most teams aren't going to be thinking Cam Johnson. Okay? You could come in, just swipe Cam Johnson up real quick. He'll be a stretch 3 slash 4. Shot 46%. Like, 95th percentile coming off screens. 95th percentile guarded shooting threes. Literally... Gifted. He was the best three-point shooter in the NCAA, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Well, maybe not percentage-wise. There's always some random right, guy right, who's right, not going to get drafted. He's six, six, one. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. But he was the best. He's the best shooter in the draft, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. I. He's huge too. Oh, he's six nine. Legitimate. Yeah. With a six ten wings wingspan. Yeah. We, we have to talk wingspans on the draft. Head draft over heels for Cam Johnson. <laughs> Head over heels. I I I I would do. My number one priority for the Nets in this draft is replacing Joe Harris with Cam Johnson. So, do you think that we... (laughs) So, the Suns is a pick, as we just mentioned, that could be available for a guy like Dinwiddie. I don't think they'd use a sixth pick, though, for Cam Johnson, do you? Oh, absolutely not, no. Who do you think they'd take at that? At six, there's a lot of guys. Bull, bull. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 I'm out of bowl bowl. Okay. I'm out on bowl bowl, too. Wait, both of you are out of bowl bowl? I'm out on bowl bowl at certain spots in the draft. At 27, I'm not out yeah, on bowl Yeah, yeah, I would take bowl bowl at 27. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You, you take a flyer okay, on the guy, Okay, at huh? number six, I'm out on bowl bowl. At number six, I'm looking at whoever drops from the DeAndre Hunter, Jared Culver, Cam Reddish trio. I'm not a huge Jared Culver guy. I'm also not a huge DeAndre Hunter guy. I believe in Cam Reddish. Yeah. Oh, boy. I like Reddish. Oh, boy. I believe in Cam Reddish. That's out there. To an extent. Okay? He's still not my favorite guy. At six, there's another guy I'm taking. Who? Seko Dumbuya. Oh, my. That's a hipster take. It's not a hipster take. <laughs> okay? Because Seku, people compare him to Pascal Siakam, right? And I said this on my podcast before. People are comparing him to Pascal Siakam. They're very similar in style, as in they're both athletic fours. 
and they actually have like borderline identical physical characteristics. Except Pascal Siakam measured in the NBA draft at 22 or 23. Seku is measuring at 18. Right. At you think he has old, like the Giannis? A, the Giannis grows oh, like yeah. four inches after he's drafted. Not four inches, but there's a really good chance that he, he right now he's measured in at six ten. There's a really good chance he gets to six eleven seven foot. Oh my, in my god! Opinion. And if he gets to six eleven seven foot with the way that he moves, one of the fastest fours I've ever seen in a draft class. Like you look at him and watching him play, you think he was a three. You wouldn't think he was a power forward. You think he was a three just because of how fast he is and his ball handling ability and the way he plays. I think that getting him at the four and pairing him with either, like, anybody who else is, who else is on the roster is going to be a huge win developmentally. And on top of this, another added plus, if you want to open up even more space, you can stash him for a year. Right. Hmm. And I, you might want to, right? He's very raw. He's, he's very raw, but you might. <laughs> it's all about space. If you, want to, if you want to create space, then you stash him. If you want to develop him, then you bring him over. Okay. I don't think Spencer and the 27th pick gets you the 6th. They, they were talking about Why? The, because the, the Suns have to give up on drafting. There's empirical evidence that, that they I, are not good at drafting. What I think is more likely is that, is that some other team is trying to move up to 6, and then we partner in that, and we somehow move up into the lottery by giving up to the 27th. Uh, Somewhere in the lottery, but not, not six. 6. Not 6. 6 is... We don't need to get to six. This is why this is something about the draft. This draft that I think is like really true. How can no other team be into Cam Johnson? There's oh, there's definitely it's got to be other teams. I, I I don't think he gets past OKC at 21. I'm just gonna go out and say that. I don't think he gets past OKC because OKC is, is just dying for shooters mm-hmm. and dying for guys. They're like, dying for anything. Any, anything. Yeah. Anything. Oh my I, god. I don't think he gets past. Again, if I'm. If I had the 22nd pick, I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think he goes in the teens, personally. Hmm. Somebody somebody thinking ahead, somebody thinking about the value in the league today and not caring about age necessarily. A win-now team. All right. Do you think, and then we'll move into the two, two picks, 27th and 31st, which we currently have. Yeah. Do you think that the Nets are going for best available over... Trying to get a four? Are uh, you are you cool with another season where we pull some guy who is guaranteed to not be in the NBA the following season? Like we've done with the Quincy AC, Jared Dudley, back-to-back. Like, are we getting another one of those at four? <laughs> or are we going to try to draft a four? The way I see it is that whoever you draft is going to be like that anyway. So next year, if you draft a four, he's probably not going to be ready to start. He's probably not going to be ready to play playoff minutes. And you're probably going to spend a lot of time, you know, developing him and uh, playing other veterans. Do you think Kuruts could be our four? Yes, definitely. <coughs> definitely. Which is why I'm less inclined to draft specifically for the four. Mm. And I don't believe in reaching <coughs> for a four when there are other quality players. Because the reality is that... Would you be cool drafting a point guard? Yeah. Absolutely. Give me a fuck. Absolutely, because the thing is, if you draft a point guard, then you can trade Dimity, right? <coughs> yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. I'm into that. We're going to have to replace Dimity. We're going to have to replace Joe Harris eventually. There's only a couple guys on this roster that I think are guaranteed to stay. And honestly, there's only one, and I think it's LeVert. Everyone, it, else, everyone else could leave. You don't think LeVert could be offered up in the, in the uh, Anthony Davis sweepstakes? 
Um, I think he definitely <coughs> could, but I don't think he has the um, value that D'Angelo Russell has around the league. So I feel like if you're going to be trading for Anthony Davis, you're probably going to be doing the D'Angelo Russell sign and trade. And but, it, it, there aren't many other players that I would trade Karis LeVert for, and I don't think other teams value him as highly. I would say one wrinkle to that, Trajan Langdon, now the GM of the Pelicans, probably knows if, in fact, LeVert is better than D'Angelo Russell, which is a giant if. Yes, no, no, he definitely uh, He would be a, cognizant of the fact that LeVert could be the guy that you want to go after. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. Um, the issue with that, well, there's not really an issue because the Nets have so much cash space now. Uh, the issue in the past would have been matching salaries with Karis LeVert. Now it's not an issue. So I can definitely see him being offered up for Anthony Davis. But you're offering Karis LeVert for Anthony Davis. Oh, my God. I I mean, it's just it's just ludicrous. Yeah, I that would be... I yes. really don't I mean, care. you'd have to give D'Lo and LeVert, I feel like. I mean, I'm drawing the line at that. You wouldn't do D'Lo and LeVert for Anthony Davis? I... I'm I, all right, but I'm not. I'm not giving you a 2024 pick or anything like that. Uh, you at that point, you got to cover your ass, because because then you have no reliable young guys, and Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving could just leave. Um and and Kevin Durant, right? And Kevin Durant, but yeah. you've got to go. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like like at that point, like if you're adding Karis Levert, you're taking away a pick, maybe two picks. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're, or you're taking away a pick and you're putting body protection on the other. How amazing would um, Jared Allen and Anthony Davis be as a tandem? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it would be embarrassing to watch Jared Allen play center in quotation marks next to Anthony Davis. So how, would you feel better about a Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell? Absolutely. If if we get if we're getting Davis, Jared Allen is, is out. I'll, I'll drive him to the airport. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get back into the draft. Yeah. We're we're going a little bit far adrift here. So the other two, uh, the other one of that uh, Hachimura and Washington, which one are you into? Hachimura. Um, I, Ooh. I, I I think Rui hurt me. I love PJ. <laughs> Go on. I think Rui is a again once in a career. If you're Sean Marks, Rui Hachimura is a once in a career marketing opportunity. Japan. So, <laughs> this is you angling for a no, front I'm, office I'm job in the all NBA. The time. Japan, <laughs> Japan, and Asia in general are just craving an NBA star. Look how nuts they went for Jeremy Lin. Yeah, well, I mean, Jeremy Lin and Jeremy Lin is 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 American Asian. Rui Hachimura is straight out of Japan. Well, did you hear about the um, the woman on the Liberty and like the number of views that? Her first like preseason game with the Liberty drew in Imagine China. Imagine that in the NBA. It was millions and millions of people. No one, no, never and have Liberty millions of people suck. watched. Liberty have lost twenty games in a row or something. Like yeah, they're they the won, worst team yeah. in the. W- they oh, did. Mm-hmm. Hey. Oh, they won. Mm-hmm. Wow! Shout out to them. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> uh, by the way, I want to go to a game, but we should get back to this. So Hachimura is the other one. You don't. You're not into PJ. No, I'm not into PJ. What about twenty seventh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Twenty seven minutes a lot of Yeah, yeah. But what what don't you like about PJ? Um, I think that his offensive potential is low, and I think that his size is lacking. I don't want to play. I, again, I look at him and he's about an RHJ size, 
Oh, so he's good. bigger than RSJ. He's a little bigger than RSJ. He's two inches bigger than RSJ. No, he's, he's a little bigger than RSJ. I'm not happy if I'm starting him at the four, and I wouldn't be happy if I was drafting him as my starting four in the future. Hmm. I think he come. I think he's a role player. Again, you, you're lucky if he turns into. He has a PJ Tucker body, but PJ Tucker is a. There's plenty of players with a PJ Tucker body who aren't PJ Tucker. I feel like I have a PJ Tucker body. <laughs> just not just a compliment. Com- compact. <laughs> yeah, just compact. Just <laughs> eight inches shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. There's so one like, guy I do want to talk about though. Yeah, well, you, you, you probably haven't mentioned it at all because you're thinking about fit, right? No, no, no. I want to get into 27th and 31st. Okay. Or do you want? You just want to talk about? I just it? want one guy. One guy I want to talk about as a steal. Go for it. Kevin Porter Jr. Are you guys aware of him? KPJ. Oh, yeah. KPJ. He's not uh, last Simon, Simon, though. Simon loves. Him. Oh, he won't last 27. No, you got to trade up to get him, and you probably got to trade pretty high to get him. You're probably looking at 14, 15, 16, maybe. I bet you. I don't see him getting past Miami. If I'm Miami, I'm taking him. Just, just, just because there's nobody else that has that kind of potential. Oh, Miami! What a gross team! Yeah. Like, what the fuck is the hope Absolutely. or future of Miami? Kevin Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is that if Kevin Porter wasn't didn't have the off court issues, he'd be a top five pick in this draft, no doubt. He'd be a top five pick in most drafts. In what opinion. What are his off court issues? Um, unknown. Okay. So but... he has a suspension. Right. A long-term suspension from college for unknown, for, well, non-disclosed reasons. Okay. So we don't know what that is. NBA teams probably know what it is. We don't know what it is. He had run-ins with his coach as well. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine to overlook this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I think the talent is undeniable. No, I'm I'm fine to yeah I'm to overlook his oh yeah oh, yeah yeah, his, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I yeah I don't like if you're a jackass when you're like an 18 year old on a college basketball like a college basketball superstar, you can get over it. Like, Let me tell you this: you guys know how high I am on Karis LeVert, right? Yes. If you told me I could trade Karis LeVert straight up Kevin Porter, I'd probably do it. Well, that is very high. That's, you are, that's it's a scalding taste. <laughs> that is an endorsement if you ever heard one, because Kevin Porter is a special shot creator. Special shot creator. One of my favorite players in the draft. Super high risk, super high reward. Could could come out as, you know, the best player in this draft class, and I mean that, if everything goes right. Hmm. Like, just dynamic, you know? Like, ball, ball handling, shooting off the dribble, shooting off screens, dunking in traffic off offensive rebounds. Like, I see him do things that just scream... James Harden. Yeah, now that's it, right, who he idolizes. But but that said, his actual numbers are like nine points a game or something like that. Like he and he he has like a I don't know. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has talked about his like sh- shot needing serious yeah. reworking. No, there's 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 issues. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah. Again, if you're if you're Sean Marks always talks about hitting singles and doubles. If he's trying to hit a home run, <laughs> this is the guy. KPJ. Yeah. All right, let's get into the 27th, 31st. 27th pick, two guys I'm going to throw out there. Tell me what you think. Keldon Johnson, Kentucky, or I I do not know how to pronounce his name. Fiondo Cabin. Fiondo. I, I think the M is silent. No, I think it's only like a M. Mfiandu Cabangeli? Yeah, something like that. All right. Uh, maybe, Takeme Matumbo's nephew? He is, Kevin Gally. Uh, yeah, that sounds better. He's not going to be there at 27. Okay. 
I mean, that's the guy that I'm. Oh, yeah. I would love to get it. I trade up for him. Yeah, but I don't think he's gonna be there. Uh, Calvin Johnson might be there, but doesn't really excite me. He's he's you know, people were mocking him in the lottery, and I was just like, eh. He went to Kentucky. He did go to Kentucky. You know he, what that he, says to me? That's what? the imprimatur <laughs> of quality. Yeah. What, what do you think of uh, What do you think of Matisse Thybul? He's interesting, and I'd rather have him than Kevin Johnson. But I also don't think he's going to be a 27. He is, again, you, you're hoping that he's a lockdown defender because his defensive stats were so good. But there's definitely question marks there, and there's question marks about him on offense. I'd take him just because of the fact that if you can get a 3 and D player like him with the potential to be truly lockdown in the 20s, that has value. Oh, the guy from Washington? Yeah. He's, he's good. He's good. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not a super fan of him. Mm-hmm. There's guys I'd rather have, okay. obviously. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, if he's a, if he's a 27, I'm probably taking him. Okay. So who are you looking at at 27? There, who do you think we could realistically get at 27? So talking about fit-wise, there's this guy, Eric Pascal, for Villanova. Are you aware of him? No. He's sort of – think of him as um, – Brandon Bass, but three point shooting. Oh my God! Brandon Bass was a tantalizing fantasy pickup. Yeah. For a while, he was Celtic. Uh huh. Yeah. It kind of sucked. Oh yeah, he was bad. But he. <laughs> <laughs> but at 20- IRL kind of sucked. But at twenty seven, you know, the guy you pick is probably going to be bad, which is why I think it's so important to move up in this year's draft. Um, I'm a fan of him because he's versatile on defense. He's a uh, Quick but big body, so he's like 250 pounds, but like six eight. So he is—he has the body of a four, but he has the foot speed of a three, and his jump shot is quick and high. You like, see, you like a quick and a high jump shot. Yeah, I like a quick and a high jump shot. That's why I like Cam Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> a quick and a high jump shot, <clears throat> and that's really workable, in my opinion. Really, really, really workable. And I would, if he's at 27, I'm probably taking him, too. I'm not taking over Thibault, but I'm definitely taking him. I'm just going to be clear here. Not a fan of this range of the draft. It's a, a tough range. It's a, it's a, it's a tough a range. Shoot. It's totally unpredictable who's still going to be available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, really tough. Um, 31st pick, Terrence Davis. I actually don't know a lot about Terrence Davis. Senior out of Old Miss... 6'4", 6'8", wingspan, point guard. Point guard? No, shooting guard. Shooting guard. Shooting guard. That's okay. I feel like if I'm taking guards, I'm taking against Dort, if he's there. He's supposed to be in... I thought you might like Terrence Davis because he is a nasty creator. Oh, no, I definitely appreciate that. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. I'm just going to be honest with you, I I haven't watched him. Okay. Like I said, like, I know most of these guys, but I have not watched Terrence Davis. Uh, He's a senior out of Old Miss. Mm-hmm. Again, they know that, but here's the thing. Seniors, <laughs> he may have heard of his senior year at Old Miss. Seniors are underrated. I know. You all that, yeah, the Cam Johnson Every thing, year right? they're underrated. Um, Nicholas Claxton. Yes. Hard yes? Why? Can Hard I wait? Yes. Hold on. We don't say wingspan enough. Hold on. Hold on. 6'11.75 mm-hmm. in height. That'd be the tallest net. Yeah. Straight up. 7'2 wingspan. Needs a jumper, good defensively. He's skinny, 
<laughs> We're good. At, he's a ball handler too. He's a ball handler. No, 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 I like, I like him. I like the potential there. I don't really think he's going to be available in that range. I think somebody's going to. He's mocked lower than that. He is mocked. He's mocked lower than that. But I feel like he's the type of guy where if you're looking for a backup center and say your guy has already been taken, you're probably going to look at him. And if I'm the Nets, I'm definitely looking at him as a backup center because he fits their model perfectly as a mobile center who can even handle the ball on the break. I think that he would come in and he's not as athletic as Jared Allen. He's not the kind of real runner that Jared Allen is. But he can definitely... No one is. But, I mean, Jared <laughs> Allen is elite as a rim runner. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I think that he's a really quality player and I think that he could be a good backup center. And his jump shot looks pretty solid, which gives me hope that he can at least you know hit a couple mid-range jumpers and maybe Kenny Atkinson can work his magic. Mm-hmm. With that jump shot, I'm a, I'm a fan of him. And there's another center that I want to talk about who may or may not be there. And that's Bruno Fernando out of Maryland. So Ooh, all right. So aware of him in name only. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone I play pickup basketball with, huge Maryland fan, mentioned him. I was like, so who from Maryland is going to the NBA? Because I don't really care about college basketball. He's like, Bruno Fernando is the guy. Why is he the guy? He is the guy. Um, I've seen mocks with him borderline lottery. He's a what mock is that? Uh, NBA I have not, not seen him. Okay, <laughs> you can't uh, trust him. But still, but I, again, no. But I, I see it with him. He is a big boy. Okay, like how, how big are we talking? Like, like DeAndre Ayton big. Ooh, like okay. real muscular. Right. Just force okay. nature. Okay. He's skilled. Okay, so he has the he has a good looking jump shot, the percentages don't back it up. But the jump shot looks <laughs> good. The post game looks solid. He's not necessarily a rim runner, he's not necessarily a defender. But the thing is that he's improved so much at Maryland since he first been there that I'm willing to bet that he'll improve that he'll continue to improve. And if you can give me a center that is as versatile offensively as him from 27 to 31 as my backup guy, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So at that range, we're talking... I mean, we got Kudus. We did get Kudus. In what, 40s? 40. But Kudus was an anomaly. What What is your Dort take? Because I'm take, a Dort nut. I'm a, I'm a Dort guy. No, no, no. I think he's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Tell me... As, pretend for a minute I don't know who Dort is. Tell me a little bit about him. Think of like a poor I man's... I don't know who Dort is. Think of like a poor man's Marcus Smart. Yeah. Okay. So he's uh, he's 6'4". He's kind of the size of a point guard, but he has a long wingspan, and he's like real thick and he's strong. thick, yeah. He's a semi-versatile offensive player, but his jump shot isn't the best. Right. His ball handling isn't the best, but there's definitely potential there. The thing is that we're talking about, at this, at this part of the draft, you're really looking for role players. You're looking for guys who can fill roles. And he's not really clear what kind of role he can fill, but you can definitely like squint and see him in that, you know, point guard slash shooting guard defender can body up small forwards, mm-hmm. is gonna hustle, basically be in the Marcus Smart role. Right. Simon, you he's seem you seem real into Dort. I love Dort. Well, you know I love Marcus Smart. So yeah. anyone who even like if it, I can get a whiff of Marcus Smart. I am all about him. Like I, yeah, and, and just watching like clips of him, it is very Marcus Smart. And as you said, I mean, like he could just be a, a, 
a big guy who like yeah it can't shoot. He doesn't have but. a smart ball handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not a point guard. Marcus Smart is at least a pseudo point guard. Right. But again, you know, at twenty seven and thirty one, mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot. I'm sure that Sean Marks has his guy though. Yeah. Too bad we can't all be Sean Marks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luca Samanich. Not gonna be there. Really? No doubt. That really? He, he, I I think he goes in the same range as Cameron Johnson. Like I'm talking like Spurs at 19. That's uh, crazy. 76ers at 24. He to me is is Kenny Catnip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a super skinny Croatian. He's he's uh he's put on some weight actually. He's oh. Good. Uh, he's six eleven with a six ten wingspan, so he is unique in the would be unique in the NBA in having an inverted. Well, uh, I, I think Kevin Love has a similar. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> okay. But I mean, and that's that's the role you're looking for. He's skilled though. He's really skilled. And he's mobile. He's athletic. He had some of the. If you look, actually, you can go on NBA Draft Time right now. You can look at his athletic measurements. Uh huh. It's fantastic for a guy his height. Okay, like, totally, like what totally speed? Sorry. Speed, vertical leap, totally makes up for his lack of length. Okay, totally makes up for it. Like how Zion's, uh, not like how Zion, but like how Zion's athleticism makes up for his lack of height. Right. It's almost like that. Almost. Zion is kind of short. Oh, he's real short. Yeah. He's gonna struggle. You think? Oh yeah. You're kind of over That's Zion. Um, You're not buying the hype. No, I'm not buying the hype. I'm buying the number one pick hype. I think he's number one pick. I'm not buying. You think the, he's uh, better than John Morant? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I like Zion a lot. Who doesn't like Zion a lot? I love Zion. Yeah. I I but I think he's gonna struggle at the four. Can he I tell you? At the four, he's gonna struggle there. Can I tell you someone I like more than Zion? Because we do not need to talk about Zion because we're not yeah, moving no, up to the number one pick. Unless Trajan Langdon is a mole in the Pelicans <laughs> organization and just kind of trying to get away for us to get the Harris first pick. Nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> some guy, someone I like more than Zion Williamson, hands down, Darius Baisley. Darius Basley. Basley. Yeah. Darius Basley, Simon. Okay. Heard of him? I don't know him. He opted out of Syracuse, was going to become a G-leaguer. Instead, and this I think you'll like, Took an unconventional route and became an intern at New Balance. Yeah. Hmm. He's this year's Mitchell Robinson, except with a lot less worries. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because Mitchell Robinson had a bunch of off-court issues. It was, like, mysterious the way he just, like, dropped out. Right. He's 6'9", um, 7-foot wingspan. Got to get that out there. Yeah, no, he's a he's He's, he's, he's a super inconsistent. He's a giant gamble. Yeah. No one really knows what they're getting, but he could be... He's a He, he has, in Fantasyland, which we're in right now... A pretty high ceiling. Oh, yeah. Like, well, he I has, mean, like, lottery ceiling. I'm thinking that if he had played, he'd probably be taken in the first round. So if I'm in the second round, if I'm in the mid-30s, maybe at 31, I don't want to take him. But if I'm in the mid-30s, I'm taking him. He's, he's again, he's an enigma. Enigmas have value. Just yeah. from not knowing what they are. No, of course. I mean, that's why draft picks have value. Like, dra- like they're talking about with the, um, the Lakers trying to get Davis. People want them to get rid of Lonzo Ball for a pick 
so that the team can then get the pick because exactly. you always believe that your yeah. pick is somehow going to manifest as better in some way than Absolutely. the actual guy, Lonzo Ball. Even though at the time he was taking with the second pick and everyone yeah, thought he pick, was going to be. Any pick you can get from Lonzo Ball is probably not going to be better than Lonzo Ball, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. No, I think I actually think Lonzo Ball and Zion would be a really interesting pairing. Really? Yeah. I think that the. You build a house of those bricks. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. Just think about it. Yeah, I, I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> what you, that's a fair point. What do you think about Jalen McDaniels? San Diego State, a uh, Mountain Ooh, West SPSU. Conference. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's interesting. <laughs> he's another one of those, you know, forwards that just doesn't really excite me. Okay. But he's going to, I could, like, if you're telling me that he's going to be in the NBA as, like, a role player saying a Marvin Williams kind of role. Oh, I 100% believe you. I 100% believe you. And I'd even, cons- I'd, I'd probably, I'd consider him at 31. No doubt. No doubt. But the guy that I want at 31, since uh, people seem to hate Dimity so much, <laughs> is, uh, I'm a bit of a Carson Edwards guy. Huh. Ooh. I'm a bit of a Carson Edwards guy, and I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be ashamed to say it? Why wouldn't I, or why would I? Wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Give us the Carson Edwards uh, defense. So, we need to replace Joe Harris, and this is something that I'm convinced of. Wow. Why? Why? Because spending 20-something million on D'Angelo, 10 million on Spencer Dinwiddie, 20 million on LeVert, and maybe even... 30 million on Kyrie Irving and then another 8 million on another guy who plays one of those two positions is unsustainable something has to go and I think that Joe Harris is the easiest guy to replace like by far the easiest guy to replace and there are two guys in the second round that I think that could realistically step into that role on day one and not be putrid you think there are two second round guys who could essentially be our starting no, no, no. I mean, I mean the step into the coming off screen is just pure shooter role. Got it. They're okay. not going to do that as good as Joe Harris in that rookie year, but maybe they'll do it eventually. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys is Carson Edwards because he is he's like Cam Johnson except six feet tall. Okay? And the thing that gives me, the thing that gives me hopes for him is his combine measurements. So he measured with a 6'6 wingspan. Wow. That is insane. 6'6 wingspan. Yeah. And that gives me a lot of confidence. A lot of confidence in his ability to be an average-sized NBA point guard. Now he's going to be a point guard, but he's going to be playing the Joe Harris role more or less. But you could also imagine him playing the Shabazz Napier role, in my opinion. Shabazz Napier, I think, is underrated. Yeah, I mean, I think he was overrated on the Trailblazers, and now he's underrated on the Nets. Yeah, he, he really falls got somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, he's not great, but he's. He's so, top. He's top sixty point guard. He's an NBA player. Yeah, That's for sure. Chuma Okiki. Chuma Okiki. Wait, is that the Stanford guy? He's uh, the guy who tore his ACL. Uh, not sure he where he went. He's for Auburn, I want to say. Okay. I, yes, that's right. That's right. Auburn. He's, no, no. I mean, he's Clemson? he's a, he's a quality player. Um, the issue with him is that when you draft him, you're gonna be wasting a year, more or less. Uh, seven foot wingspan. Shot over 38% from three. Yeah. 72 from the free throw line. Solid he's, defender. He's going to be a role player. He's a bit injury prone. He's going to be a role player. As, ACL <coughs> As the tear. ACL might might. I'm not necessarily suggest. worried about the ACL tear. Um, I'm not drafting at 31. 
if we move back, I'm drafting. There's one guy that why, I want to talk about. Why would we move about. back? Why would we Are move you, back? I know who you want to talk about. It's Taco Fall. I do want to talk about Taco Fall, but that's not actually the guy. <laughs> do you want Taco Fall? I'd love to would have you Taco Fall. Would you take him at 31? Oh, absolutely not. But so, <laughs> you, okay. I, want, I actually want because I think that 31 right now has more value than it's actually going to yield. Do you know what I mean? Because you don't have to sign him. Yeah, because and yeah. the fact that it's the first pick in the second round. has more value than it's actually going to yield. So if you're telling me I could trade 31 for two seconds in 2020, I'd do it. Like that. Okay. You're telling me I can trip 31 for for uh, Taco Fall. Save like 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 38 and 45. I'd absolutely do it. Um, 31 is like it's a weird spot to be in. You know, there's like you're sort of like picking from the guys that people didn't really want, but it also has like a real a lot of value. So there's a lot of pressure not to fuck it up. So I would definitely trade back. And if I'm trading back, one guy that I would choose is Taco Fall. And another guy that I would choose is Dylan Windler. Ooh, Windler. Windler is going 22 <coughs> on the on the ringer thing. Oh, oh he is. He's, he's elite three point shooter. Elite. Elite. He's not Cam Johnson, okay? And rebounder, crazy yeah, no, rebounder. He's, he's a versatile player. He's not this year's Kevin Herter, but he's like this year's poor man's Kevin Herter. <laughs> okay, he's gonna, is he a ginger? I would take him at 27. Let me just say. I would say. take him at 27. No, no. He's going to be a shooter. He's the, he was the guy that I was mentioning that could come in okay. and be Joe Harris. Okay. 42.8 oh, interesting. in the past two seasons from three. I mean, except Belmont. 10.8 rebounds. That's massive. Oh, he's definitely a valuable guy. Hmm. I think, I mean, the thing that he has over Cam Johnson is the versatility in his game. Okay. He's a much better dribbler. He's a much better passer. He's a better scorer at every other level except for the three-point shot. Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson is just, just like lights out unconscious for three, no matter what kind of three-point shot it is. And that's why I think that that skill is particularly valuable and why I would think Dylan Windler lower than him. But if you told me that Dylan Windler ended up being the better overall player, I would not be surprised. Right. Then who? Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, yeah. But But Cam Johnson is going to come and he's going to be elite at his role. Mm -hmm. Elite. Now, Windler... Is he? Do you think he's going to be available at twenty seven thirty one? Because I feel like he, I feel like he is, he is rising. Maybe I've just been too glued to the. Be, he might be rising, but there's a decent chance that he, he's going to be in that range. Mm. He's going to be in the mid to late okay. twenties range. So you can realistically prepare to have him on the board at twenty seven. What keeps you from being super excited about him? Well, um, I'm not totally convinced about his shooting. Okay. I'm not totally convinced. It's like uh, it's like Kevin Porter. It's a low shot. It's a low slow. Uh, he mm. doesn't get up high like mm. Cam Johnson does when he jumps. Um, so I question his role as that Joe Harris coming off screens kind of guy. Okay. But he's definitely a spot up shooter. He's definitely a versatile player. So is there anyone else you want to talk about? Yeah, we, uh, I feel like this has been a long. Yeah, before we wrap it up, is there anyone else? We yeah. talk, you mentioned Taco Fall. Do you want to go a little deeper? Into he has eight foot two wingspan. Oh yeah, he's absurd. That's just ridiculous. He's one of the 50 tallest human beings that's ever lived. People said, oh, Taco Falls, he's not going to get drafted. I knew it was bullshit in, like, September, okay? Somebody's going to take Someone's going to take uh, other things I want to talk about. No, there's nothing else I want to talk about. Goga, Goga. Goga, you're not going to get get him. him. It's it's not happening. We're not going to get him. If we trade up, we're not drafting another center. No. Simon, what do you feel? What's your takeaway? My takeaway from this conversation. This conversation, nets are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think we're in a decent situation. There's a lot of options that we have to move up. We're just gonna have to give up somebody that we value. Right, and then have or Kyrie not, not and an injured. 
shell of himself, yeah. Kevin Durant. That's we'll, the dream. We'll sell that's more the idea. than we ever did. Well, that's true. I, I guess that's, that's a low I, I guess that's the dream. Apparently, it's a Knicks fans on Twitter. It is. <laughs> um, all right. Well, James, check him out. Uh, if you liked, if you liked his draft insights, check him out on dra- uh, NBA Diehards. Yes. Yeah, shout out to my boys, Mark Mazur and Ben Stemmer. Uh, my co-hosts. Yes, Very indeed. Very knowledgeable as well. <laughs> have sat know. in the block. Have sat in the block. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Multiple times. Okay, and uh, we're going to the we're going to the draft. We're going to the draft. We're going to see what happens live in person. Live pod. Who do you think's going third? Who do you think's going third? RJ. For sure. Mm. Maybe job, but it's RJ and job. And four. Four. Total crapshoot. Who knows who's going to have four? Definitely not the Lakers, right? Definitely not the Lakers. And I think it's going to be Darius Garland. How, since you since you seem to like bad managerial decision-making, <laughs> how, if, if Rob Palenka is, as he seems to be, inevitably going to get fired, um, how quickly would you like to replace Sean Marks with him since oh, um, his style does seem to fit <laughs> your ruin-a-franchise style of, of you management? <laughs> You read the... the, the oh, yeah. It was, yeah, just, yeah. it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you about this lunch I set up with uh, Heath Ledger later. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for joining us, James. Yeah, it thank you. It has been a pleasure no talking draft. Oh, and we didn't even mention, we're enjoying some Bud Light Lock. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Unofficial. Unofficial yeah. sponsor of the podcast and uh, of our Nets fandom. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll go ahead and see, see ya next time. I was tired of my I had to. We'd been together too long, like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns. This letter I read If you like